Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is marriage enthusiast and founder of Living the Vows, Kristen Young. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to In-Depth. Kristen Young is a wife, mother, student, teacher, speaker, relationship coach, and marriage enthusiast. Her focus is in the area of newlywed coaching. She holds a bachelor's degree in communication studies from Morgan State University, a master's degree in counseling psychology from Bowie State University, and is a certified relationship coach through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Kristen founded Living Vows as a platform to promote the joys of marriage and to minimize the perils of divorce. Her passion for joyous, legacy-leaving marriages drives her to inspire and encourage everyone within her reach to veto divorce. Her goal is to restore the beauty, respect, and value that marriage deserves by reaching 3 million married couples who are committed to living the vows and loving it. Kristen and her husband, James, have been living the vows through a joyous marriage and are committed to guiding other couples into the greatness that marriage was meant to be. They currently reside in Baltimore, Maryland, and are the proud parents of five beautiful children and five grandchildren. I'm especially delighted to have Kristen Young as my guest on today's show. Welcome, Kristen. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, and I'm just as excited to have you here today, Kristen. The number here is 646-716-9397. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. We'd love to hear from you. The number again is 646-716-9397. Kristen, I'm curious to know, what exactly is a marriage coach? Wow. Well, a marriage coach is really just, um, as far as I define it, someone who wants to support married couples and really help them to get over the humps. We have so many marriages that are failing every single day, and most of them can be saved and really thrive and, and really be enjoyable marriages. But a lot of times we miss the cues and we, and we miss the, the really important parts of what marriage is all about. The bottom line is marriage was designed for sacrifice. It, the whole idea for marriage is to be able to serve your spouse. And if we can really get to a place where we focus on serving our spouses every single day, when we wake up with that intention, when we're constantly looking for ways to serve our spouses, you're, that's going to be reciprocated. So it's important for us to recognize that we have to get beyond the selfish desires and really talk to our spouses about how we can be served and how we can, more importantly, serve them. So when we get to that space where we're, you know, falling into those valley seasons and we're hitting those those blocks in the road, more often than not, people immediately start to think, oh, well, you know, maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe this is the end of the road for us. Maybe, you know, this, this wasn't meant to be. And we immediately retreat to our selfish, selfish nature. But if we can, um, as a marriage coach, really focus on helping you to see where you are and what your true intentions were when you got married and how to stay focused on those intentions in order to get past those humps and see how you can serve yourself back to the wonderful marriage that you intended and that you desire. Wow, I love that. I mean, that's so clear, and you've described it so beautifully. Um, and I especially loved your uh, the, the expression that you used, valley seasons, um, as opposed to, you know, when, when people think it's it's just a mindset difference. 
um, people often think, as I'm sure you're you're so aware, that when things are not going well, that it's a sign of impending doom in a relationship or in a marriage. And as as you called it, those valley seasons. Um, and could you? I, I would love if you would elaborate some more on that. On on what a valley season is. Yes, as opposed, you know, what? it's a it's a different way of looking at those ups and downs. Um, and, Absolutely. And, yeah. And, well, and if I you mean, just, well, we, well, I'm sorry, go, go on. <laughs> no, no, just the, the expression valley seasons. I love that because it gives such a different way of looking at 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 this 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 you know this this these well these these periods in relationships so if you if you wouldn't mind elaborating a bit on on that when you say valley seasons sure sure well i mean that's honestly it's just a part of life when you think about a roller coaster that is really one of the 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 greatest visuals for life you know we have those moments when we're when, you know as we're growing and through infancy and and toddler toddler years and as we're we're growing into the people we're designed to be um for many people we know that our personalities are formed within those first 7 years of life so as we're growing from infancy through age 7 we're going through some some learning challenges and and really trying to figure out what life is all about and and you know what is what does this world really have to offer so we're you know kind of going up and up just like on a roller coaster you're kind of scooting your way slowly but surely up and then you get to this where you know you hit your your mountain peak and you know you you get into those those teenage years or your early 20s and you think you've you figured life out and you you have a whole lot of zeal and zest for life and we're going through this place where we where you know we we have nothing to fear we you know more often than not you know we hear teenagers and and those in their early 20s they seem fearless they f- feel like they're invincible they can take on the world they they're more often than not, those are the most adventurous years of our lives. So we're at that place where we hit the mountain peak and we feel like everything is going our way and it's wonderful. And then slowly we start to fall into the trap of, you know, unfortunately for some people, finding finding those jobs just for security and we start to gain some fears and we start to find that we are in that place where we are doing stuff just for security or just because our parents said and 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 we're starting to retreat when things don't work out the way we wanted to or when we feel like uh we're we're kind of losing time that's when we start to fall into that that topsy turvy part of the of the roller coaster where we're just kind of just doing whatever we have to do just to maintain and, and, and bills start to pile up and debt starts to form and, and some of the joys in life are starting to dissipate. So, you know, that's just kind of how life goes. So when it comes down to relationships, it's really that same place where, you know, you meet someone and, and you're excited and you're, you're scooting up and up and up. And then you get to this place where you are, absolutely sure yes this is the person for me we're going to get married we're going to have this wonderful family and this wonderful life together and and we have this magnificent visual in our minds of of what this marriage is going to look like and and how how you're going to vacation and and love each other and gift things to one another and and everything is just going to be beautiful but just like life we're guaranteed to have those bumps in the road we're guaranteed to have those valley seasons so we have those moments when life seems a little bit low. As I mentioned, where you have those seasons where debt starts to hit you. You have those seasons where when you think about your typical marriage vows, it, it it's very, very general. It's very, very general, but it really does cover life. You know, when we think to have and to hold and sickness and health and richer and for poor, you know, mm-hmm. those those are life experiences that we that we experience whether we're single or whether we're married, but it's something about our selfish nature. When we enter into a marriage, we feel like, oh, we're ha- I'm having all of these challenges because of you. So we automatically have somebody else we can point the finger at. Whereas when you're single, you know it's just you. You know you know how you're, you know your spending <laughs> habits. You know what you've done. 
But it's something about being in that marriage relationship that automatically gives us an out to be able to say it's you, it's it's on you, you did this, and and it's because of you, and and that's when you hear, oh, I could do bad all by myself, and all the, all that kind of conversation. But we're all guaranteed to have those valley seasons. We're all guaranteed, no matter where you are, no matter how no matter how rich you are, no matter how healthy you are, no matter how well off you are, there's going to be those moments where things are just not going as planned and it's not as desired. It's this, that's just a part of life. So in those moments when you're kind of at your low points, that's the point where you need to draw closest to one another. That's when you need to really draw on your spiritual understanding and, and really express your love in a whole new way. That's when the true depth of love starts to come out because when you can say, you know what, in spite of what the situation is, we still have each other. We're going to work through this together because that was our commitment when we got married, then you'll get through it. But a lot of times we just get to that place where when we have those low seasons, when our money is funny, when, when uh, the promotion didn't come through as desired, when, you know, when you lose a child, when, you know, all the, all the things that can happen in life that, automatically give us that low feeling, that's the point where we need to grow together and grow closer to each other as opposed to pointing fingers and, and pushing each other away. Wow, that that really is a wonderful explanation of how to get through those, those periods. Um, uh, and it really, I mean, it's, it's such a, it really is such a great explanation and it really clarifies how people can deal with those situations in a very transformative and growth-enhancing way. So I'm curious, I guess my next question from this would be, um, you know, most people are aware of dating coaches, and Mm -hmm. obviously that's different from what you do. And most people are also aware of, um, relationship or marriage therapists or counselors, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and what? So what is what is what you do as a marriage coach, basically, um, different from uh, what a, a marriage or relationship therapist or even a dating coach? But I mean, I, that's really a stretch because a dating coach is you is really very different from what you do. You you really work with couples who are already in relationship. So, but how does what you do differ, would you say, from what a therapist, a marriage or relationship therapist does? Well, uh, well as you mentioned, uh, yes, a dating coach is primarily for those who are looking to enter into that long-term relationship. So um, that would be the, the probably the biggest separation between a dating coach and a marriage coach. But as far as um, what I do as a marriage coach as opposed to um, therapy, it's really just taking that opportunity to zone in on the individual. A lot of times we are missing our internal conversations with ourselves, and therefore we're also missing the conversation that our spouses are, um, are sharing with us because we're so focused on, our, our personal um, opinions and desires. So with marriage coaching, it really is, and I primarily work with newlyweds because the my goal is to be able to give you some of those foundational tools and that, that early on conversation and communication before you hit that first valley season. You know, so you get in that space where, you know, before you, you get to that place where you're setting your ways and, and you're, mm. you know, assuming that there's no way out, let's get that information in early so that as you're preparing and as you, you know, grow together and, and continuing to learn one another, you have some foundational tools and, and already creating those skills and habits of love so that once you hit those seasons, you already know how to work through them. So it's really just a matter of being able to sit down with a couple and, and oftentimes, sometimes it's, it really is just an individual. You know, it's not mm-hmm. always going to be both, both um, husband and wife at at the time, but being able to sit down and say, what is it that one that you desire and clarifying where you are 
and focusing on where the disconnect is so that you can continue to move forward and and what you originally envisioned for your marriage. So it's really just an opportunity to put the to put the marriage perspective back on that couple's plate and and have mm-hmm. them see what they initially envisioned, see what they're seeing right now and how we can connect the two so that there it becomes the same picture once again. Uh-huh. So, you know, it sounds almost as though this should be part of you know, marriage 101, you know, training uh because it's it's one it's just like when when people have a child there's it, it, there's no training book. Well, there are some training books, but I mean there's basically mm-hmm. people just do it and they don't really know what they're doing. They just they just hope they're doing it right or they they get some some advice from maybe their parents or from friends who've already done it. But when it comes to marriage, people sort of feel their way and then when they're in trouble, they go to a therapist, you know, um, and it sounds like what you do is give people tools early on so that they know how to deal with, as you call it, the valley seasons. And also, mm-hmm. as you said, know, um, you know, know what they're looking for and how to create that. Is that correct? Exactly. Absolutely. Right. And, Absolutely. And it almost seems like this should be part of, you know, when when people get married, that should be part of the package. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I talk about all the time because more often than not, if you are connected with a, a faith-based organization, um, mm-hmm. normally there's some type of premarital counseling or coaching or something um, that is required before you get married with that institution. But um, outside of that, it's not required, and even under the, the the state or federal laws, there's no requirement for any type of premarital anything before you get married. Literally, all you have to do is pay for your marriage license, and you wait anywhere from like 24 to 72 hours, and then you can get married. So, you know, it's very interesting to me, and that's one of the things that I advocate for all the time, just, you know, premarital counseling or, or coaching. Um, because mm-hmm. so many people, they just feel it's something about relationships that people just feel like, oh, we're, we'll figure it out. We're fine. Oh, we've, we've been friends for, we've been dating for two years. We're, we're fine. We'll work it out. But there's some, just, still just some basics about how to handle people and understanding people that a lot of people miss when it comes to relationships and especially when it comes to marriage. So it's, um, it's one of the things that I definitely advocate for. How you know, if, if you're going to get married, you should be required to go through some type of premarital coaching sessions, um, just to just to get a little bit more clarity on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Absolutely, that sounds like. I mean, it sounds like it should be required. It really should. I think it would it would prevent a lot of divorces and per, perhaps prevent oh, yeah. some marriages. Um, and that's you know, true, that, too. Absolutely. Right? Because how many of us know of people with, I mean, multiple, multiple marriages? Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and multiple divorces. And that's, you know, that's very painful, especially if there are children involved. But it's painful for all concerned. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm, cu- I'm curious. What made you become interested in becoming a marriage coach, Kristen? Ah, and it's funny that you just said that uh, talking about the children um, and how they're affected by the the divorces. Um, Because actually when I first started, I wanted to work with um, young women. I wanted to work with like teen teen girls and focus more on like mentoring for, um, for young girls. And once I started with that, one of the things that I quickly noticed, I just happened to work with a, a group of um, middle school girls, and they were um, in the inner city. And what I noticed was that the um, none of them had fathers at home. It was about six girls at the time. None of them had fathers at home, and the the mothers were not involved at all. You know, because and what what I was doing was basically uh, once a month, a friend of mine and I we were picking the girls up. We would take them out on just educational trips and, and do different things with them, have classes and workshops with them. And, 
you know, for many of them, I never met their mothers ever. They would just send their children outside, and I'm like, what is going on? I, I, you know, I, I, I come from the background where my parents needed to see you. They needed to see your house. They needed to know who you were. There was no way they were sending me out with some stranger to drive away, you know, and not have my phone number or anything. And I thought that was very strange. And the more I started working with them, the more I, I realized, I said, if, if we could really get the home in order, if we can get the parents on track, we would have less challenges with the children. Because uh, a lot of people want to, you know, talk about how these young people out here, they have nothing to do and they're causing trouble and out in the streets or what have you. But one of the bigger challenges is that they don't have a stable household. So they're constantly looking for stability somewhere else. So they're looking for that security somewhere else. So I said, if we could really just get the family in order and get the parents in order, they can work on their children and we would have less need for the youth mentorships and, and what have you. So um, that's when I made my shift to f- start focusing on um, marriage and family uh, counseling. And so I went back to school and got my degree in counseling psychology and started focusing on relationships. And uh, from there, that's when I was also in the process of getting married myself. So it was a very interesting transition for me and just watching my own marriage process. And um, from there, I was also introduced to coaching. So I once I finished my degree and I was by that point, I was already married, I transitioned and got my certification in uh, relationship coaching, which is, of course, where we met. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's where that's where the uh, the desire to work with couples began and, and just recognizing how things were flowing in my own marriage. And because I was new to marriage myself, it was interesting for me to be able to gauge how my husband and I were working through the challenges we were having and and what kind of challenges were coming up and, and get have a, a clear understanding for myself. I'm like, yeah, I, I had those moments where I'm like, okay, I completely understand why people divorce. I get it now. <laughs> you know, I was like, I definitely get it. But I also knew that the bottom line is that I have an absolutely wonderful husband, and he is very loving. And I, I, regardless of how many times I felt hurt or irritated or frustrated, I really do love him. He really is a super awesome guy. So I recognize, yeah, we're having these challenges, and, and no, things are not exactly where I desire them to be. And, yes, there's always the opportunity that, that you know, I, I, I refuse to believe there's only one person for anybody out there. There's multiple, multiple people that you could have a great marriage with. But it's about making a commitment. And and that's the piece that so many people miss when it comes to marriages. The bottom line is it's about commitment. You know, when your kids get uh, start to get on your nerves and they're going through puberty or whatever the case may be, we're not, you know, giving our children up for adoption and saying, oh, send me another <laughs> kid because this one's not working out. So why do we feel like we need to do the same thing with our husbands or with our, our wives? You know, it's thing about this mentality that, oh, because you're an adult and you should know better and you, you should have figured it out. And we put these expectations on our spouses that we don't put on anybody else. And it's so unfair um, as you're building a family. And when you say on your wedding day, I'm making this commitment to you, come hell or high water, well, when the hell gets, you know, starts to come, then we, we want to jump ship. And that's not Okay that, you know, you, you have the tools that you need to turn down the temperature on that hot water, but you have to be willing to do the work, and that's what so many people are not willing to do. They always want to put it, more often than not, they want to put it on their spouse and say, you fix it. Absolutely. I love, oh, my gosh, I, I love some of the terms you use. I, it's, you're, it, you, you create such a beautiful picture, like turning up the temperature on the hot water. <laughs> it just makes me smile. Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, you know, um, there are times, I mean, there are, of course, um, exceptions. If, if a spouse oh, yeah. is abusive, you know, as we all know, if a spouse is abusive, um, if there are not times in between, when when the good times and the bad times, of course, those are times when things have to be reevaluated. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about a, a normal day-to-day people being 
um, perfectly flawed human beings, which, you know, we all are. And um, um, my mother said something once, which I thought was, you know, brilliant advice, um, or, or I don't even know if you'd call it advice, but she said, if you look for problems, you're always going to find them. And, yes. you know, that's right, and that's that's how it is. If you look for flaws or problems in someone, you're you're always going to find them. And um, mm-hmm. I think what, what you're describing is basically, you know, it, when, when you're with your spouse or your partner, um, basically, ho- hopefully you see them as the best version of themselves, you know, complete with their flaws and whatever. And, um, but if you're able to always be able to see them in the whole in the, as the best version of themselves, knowing who they really are, um, and that's the person that you love, then that's that's how you move forward. Is that is that kind of what you're talking about? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it's important for us to recognize that as spouses, our our job is to support our our spouses in being them best, their best selves. So. Yes, it's ideal for us to be able to see our our husbands um, or wives in, in in their best light, and that's more often than not one of the reasons why you you married them because you saw them as this amazing person. But even when they're not at their best, it's our mm-hmm. job to step in and say, "How can I how can I support you in getting back to being your best?" You know, sometimes Absolutely. that means being able to take on a little extra while you're, you know, because just as I said mm-hmm. earlier, we all go through seasons as individuals and then we go through mm-hmm. seasons as couples. So sometimes it may just be that, you know what, individual season right now, that's that's the point where you have to step in and, and draw closer and be able to say, how can I support you? How can I pray for you? How can I how can I lighten your load while you go through this season? And more often it's, it's just a temporary season so sometimes yes mm-hmm. you're you're going to have to take on a little bit extra in that season while your husband is is going through and and making that shift personally but that doesn't Absolutely. mean you add to the weight and add to the challenge by backing up and saying well that's your issue you need to figure it out and and call me when you're when you're finished <laughs> no cuz that's when that you know when people are feeling low that's when they need love the most so even you know and a lot of times when people are are acting out and and coming across angry or or rude or what have you, more often than not, that's when they need love the most. There's something going on internally that needs some attention. But to back away or to to start being angry with them back or, or, you know, throwing tantrums and giving people the cold shoulder just because that's what they gave to you, that's, that's a clear indication that there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. There's something else going on that, need some love and attention right and the and it it's what what creates more of a problem is when we um start making it all about us in that we mm-hmm. we react and instead of um empathizing and trying to put ourselves in their shoes and understand what's going on with them we just react and take offense and you know we see mm-hmm. things only through our own filters and that's exactly. what causes causes and creates more problems and creates more valleys mm-hmm. so um absolutely because we're in that space where we're thinking we're we're feeling like oh you've hurt me oh you were rude to me but where did mm-hmm. that come from because if they don't have a, a history of being rude or or angry or or what have you whatever just came up there's, that means a shift has happened. Something is, is going on. So if we're automatically in that place where, oh, well, you need to apologize to me before I do anything for you because you, you had no right and you have no business and, and, you know, we get into that space, that's us, as you said, we're we're being selfish again. We're, instead of saying, you know what, that's not like him. That's not like her. There's something going on. Taking that time to, yes, give them their space. And it's not to say that you, you're not entitled to be hurt or angry yourself but recognizing that responding with anger is only going to make the situation worse. That's when we have to be mature enough and wise enough to say, you know what, that's not like him. There's something going on. 
let me give him his space, and then I'm going to respond with love and let him know that this is a safe place where he can talk about whatever may be bothering him. It could have been something on the job. It could have been some news he just got. It could be, you know, something going on with his um, his his family or, or whatever the, whatever it is. But being being able to offer that safe space and remind him or remind her, you have this is a safe space for you to share, and and I am here to support you. And that's where we have to reiterate that that much more. Don't respond with anger. Respond with love, and just let them know, hey, you know, I, this is not like you. I just want you to know I'm here for you. You know, whenever you're ready to talk. If there's something I can do, you know, go out of your way to show that love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just curious, though, what what do you say to your clients if they say that, okay, I've done that, and, and he says, oh, it's it's because of you, because you did such and such, or you, you know, if it comes back that he's blaming the wife for something. Uh, I don't know if that's, if that's ever come up, but what? how would you uh, guide your clients in that case? In that case, I mean, it, it takes a lot of humility, um, but you you really have to get to that space and say, okay, well, if he's saying it's because of this, that that's when you have to get clear on what he's saying. So if if you're let's say you go to him and and you say, you know, what's going on, and he's saying, oh, I'm I'm acting this way, I'm I'm feeling this way because you did this. That's when you mm-hmm. need to get clarity. Is it truly, you know, is it just this? And if that's the case, if you if it's a genuine apology that's needed, regardless of whether you feel it was right or wrong, but if it's a genuine apology that's going to make that shift, then you need to swallow your pride and give that genuine apology. Mm-hmm. But if you know, but then if you're if you're noticing that it's still not any change, that's mm-hmm. when you have to step back for a minute and get some clarity. Try to do some. Um, some work on your own and say, okay, well, what was going on right before he started acting this way or right before this happened? Um, but cr- create that opportunity to have another conversation and and just ask, how can how can I make this better for you? Or, or you know, what is going on? What can I do to support mm-hmm. you? Um, and, I mean, and it really is kind of a gradual step-by-step because depending on how he responds, right. you know, it, it kind of depends on, you know what your next steps are going to be, but the I, the the biggest piece is to be able to in that situation act out of humility and mm-hmm. respond with love. And how do you? I mean, a lot of women find that I'm I'm I would imagine this. You might have run into this, perhaps not, because I'm sure that you guide your clients and the clients you work with. Um, you know, have a lot of success working with you. But a lot of women find that it's it's hard to get men to open up and talk to them. So how do you um, work with your clients to um, enable them to have these conversations when their men, their husbands, um, don't want to open up or um, they're finding, the, the women or the wives are finding that, that the men say everything's fine and they're saying shut down. One of the biggest things as far as getting men to talk is one, just understanding that more often than not, they're not going to be big conversationalists. So especially when it comes to their, their personal feelings or what have you. So as women, we have to understand that it really is going to take some time in order for them to open up. And more often than not, it really is just having those those one-question conversations, but being very, very particular about it. So as opposed to how was your day, you know, maybe asking something like what was, what was the best part of the day or, um, you know, did anybody frustrate you at work today? Um, you know what was what, you know what was the most challenging client that you had today? Who was your favorite client of the day? Tell me about that. You know, so asking more specific questions. You uh-huh. know, did you did you talk to your did you talk to your mom today? How how did that conversation go? Or you know, what did you all talk about? But asking more specific questions as opposed to the generalized, how was your day or how are you feeling? Um, because more uh-huh. often than not, they're not they're not going to respond to that. And just knowing that you can't bombard them with questions. So, you know, it really may be, you know, one or two questions each day 
but just looking for that opportunity, one, to get him talking, but not overwhelming him with with conversation. Absolutely. That is that is great information. That really is because it we it really is true research has shown. I mean men and women really do think differently. Um mm-hmm. and uh it uh, by asking a specific question uh it opens up a, a different way of thinking in a man's mind as opposed to how was your day? Fine. <laughs> You know, and right. that's the end of the conversation. Or are you okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is anything bothering you? No. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, the more specific questions, um, that seems like a really great key to opening up a conversation. So, you know, here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content programs. Providers receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com/lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com/lifecoachradio. Here are some audiobooks, Audible books, excuse me, related to today's topic: The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. A Practical Guide from the Country's Foremost Relationship Expert by John M. Gottman and Nan Silver. How to Improve Your Marriage Without Talking About It by Patricia Love and Stephen Stosny. And Making Marriage Simple, 10 Truths for Changing the Relationship You Have into the One You Want, written and narrated by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible, stories that surround you. And now, back to our show. So, um, you know, I can't believe how quickly this show is going by today. Um, and I first want to just remind our callers that we would love to hear from you if you would, if you have any questions or comments or any contribution at all to the show. The number here is 646-716-9397. So um, I'm just curious, uh, Kristen, what do you think are the vital and most important ingredients in making a recipe for a successful marriage? I know you've already mentioned some, but I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to add. One of the biggest things that I always share is that you have to understand that you, uh, when you get married, you say until death do us part. And we have no idea how long that's going to be, but we have to understand that that's more often than not going to be quite a bit of time. So you have to be able to be patient with one another and really understand that your marriage is just like your own personal life. And just as I spoke earlier, as far as, you know, we're we're born into this world as infants and we start to experience life. We, you know, our bodies get stronger. We can do more things, and our, our minds get stronger. So our marriage is really built the same way. When you get married, you're in that infancy stage. Too often we get so caught up in, oh, I've seen my parents. They've been married for 40 years, and they have this beautiful marriage. And oh, these people at my church, and they've been married for 20, 30 years, and they're, you know, they have so much fun together. And we have to realize that when you say I do on that wedding day, you are you are just being birthed. So you have hmm. to give yourself that time and that patience with one another to truly grow in your marriage. So when you hit that one-year mark and that five-year mark, your marriage is still young. So don't expect that you are going to be in that same space or your marriage is going to look anything like some of these other couples that you've seen because they've been through so much more. And you have, you know, they've been, they've raised their children, their children, they're empty nesters now. So, you know, if you're going through these trials with, because you have two, three young children at home, yes, 
they've been through it too, you know, but don't be afraid to talk to them because they they can recall how they how they managed to get through those seasons. They can support you with that. But don't get don't get so frustrated with yourself because your marriage doesn't look like this couple's marriage and therefore something must be wrong or, you know, he's not the right one and all these negative things that we talk about. So definitely the time and patience is is number one for me. Um but also being able to learn to love one another. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the five love languages, I definitely, definitely, definitely support that book wholeheartedly because it talks about how um, the five main love languages that people recognize as far, as far as what love is to them. So what love is to you and what love is to your spouse can be very different. And more often than not, we give love the way we like to receive love. But if your if your husband's love language is something different, he may feel like something's missing, something's not right, and vice versa. You may feel like, you know, my husband is great and he's a, a great person, but something is missing. But it's because you're not receiving love the way he, you would like to because he's giving love the way he likes to receive it. So being able to have that understanding of what your love language is and what your husband's love language is so that you can get to that place where it's like, okay, okay, now, I, you know, this is, I'm letting him know this is what I like, but I'm also being very intentional about giving him love the way he needs to receive love. Um, and then the third thing I would say is, of course, we hear about communication, but being very, very um, intentional about your communication. I encourage couples to have um, 15 minutes at minimum, 15 minutes every single day where you just sit down, no distractions, and really connect with one another. Um, too often we're, we're constantly on the go, and especially once you get to that place where you have children and you have you know, full-time jobs and extracurricular activities that your kids do and you, and, and you do for yourself, we're, we're, constant, we're in a society right now where we're constantly on the go. So it's important for us to be able to remember that our, our husbands, our spouses are priority number one. So we have to, have to get to that place where at minimum 15 minutes every day, whether it's in the middle of the day, whether at the end of the day, if that's how you start your morning, but really just check in with one another. Really be able to have that no distraction, look in each other's eyes, how are you, how is your day, what are your intentions for the day, how did, how did your day go, is there anything that you need to get off your chest before you go to sleep, whatever, whatever, however that conversation goes for you, but create that habit. And then, of course, having a, a minimum of um, a weekly date night at minimum weekly where you're really having that time and it, it doesn't have to be expensive it's not always going out sometimes it really can just be at home playing cards watching your favorite movie cooking a meal together but some something where it's just the two of you connecting on some level it doesn't have to be a whole big conversation but just enjoying each other trying new things and really just experiencing that that quality time together Wow, that's that's lovely. That really is. I mean, those are some it, you you really give some really clear tools um that that people can use to connect to create something together. I mean, it's not this it's not I mean, it's obvious how different it is from therapy where you're starting from a place of dis- dysfunction and problems. It's how mm-hmm. to continue forward in health and create something as you call it legacy filled um create something bigger and and um even you know even well bigger and healthier and something wonderful so you're you're really are going from something that you're hoping is optimal you know something wonderful something in the beginning stages and creating something big and wonderful and healthy and strong so that when you hit those, I love, I love the term, those valleys, those valley seasons, you are armed with the tools to get through it and the right mindset to get through those periods. So um, 
I do not want to, I mean, there's so many more questions I have about relationships, but I really want to hit on this other, this other uh, point, and it's that I know you've completely changed your body over the past year or so, and you get up at four every day, uh, pretty much every day, and you're at the gym by, I think, five every day, and you have two mm-hmm. little girls, and how did you change your mindset and create these new habits and in turn change your entire body. I mean, you lost a ton of weight. Your skin glows. You look amazing. You were always beautiful, but now you are, you are amazing. So please tell us how you did this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, honestly, the, the short story is that it, it really is um, anything that you really desire in life, you have to be determined to do it. And uh, oftentimes we hear about what is your why. And um, the way, the acronym that I created for why is whatever, however, yes. So it's so many challenges that we have in our marriages, in our personal lives, with, you know, raising children on the job, what have you. We get to this place where we, we get stuck, we get frustrated, or what, um, whatever the case may be. But if you're really clear on why you do what you do, why you desire what you desire, and if you really, really want it, you're going to do whatever you have to do. You're going to do it however you have to do it because you have to say yes to yourself. So that's where I was at the beginning of 2016. I was in a place where um, I really just kind of had that revelation that my youngest daughter was about to turn four later that year. And I said, I am tired of complaining about this weight. I don't want to be one of those moms who's still carrying around baby weight when when the baby is 16 or 17 years old. <laughs> I said, I, I, you know, <laughs> you know. So the, and there's so many women out there who've just accepted the fact that I gained this weight during pregnancy. It's so hard to lose it. I have all these things going on. It's, I, you know, I just have to accept that I'm a bigger size now. And although my husband was very loving and he said he loved the extra weight and he was fine with it, I was not fine with it. And it, and that was starting to affect our marriage. You know, I, I didn't feel sexy at home. I didn't, you know, I was very, very frustrated with, you know, picking out clothes and nothing really fit the way I wanted it to fit. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so it was just this constant mental warfare that I was going through. And, it, and of course, it, it directly affected my confidence in who I was. So um, literally at the beginning of 2016, we had been going back and forth for a while. um, And at the end of 2015, um, we finally agreed that I was going to transition out of my full-time job to focus on living the vows full-time. So at the beginning of 2016, I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to make this the year of Christmas. I said, I really have to get focused and clear on who I am and what it is that I really desire for myself. So, um, I transitioned out of my full-time job and uh, to start working on living the vows full-time in March of 2016. So after that, I said, okay, well, now my schedule is a little bit different. What am I going to do with my time? How am I going to schedule this time? And that's when I realized I needed to get serious about my physical health. So um, it was in May of 2016 that I, I agreed to start running two days a week. I said, let me just start doing something, and, and I need that accountability. So I found a group. It was a free group, um, and they run on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings at 5 a.m., and I said, yikes, because, <laughs> you know, I was struggling to get out of the bed at 6.30, you know, going to the job that I hated. So I'm like, am I really going to get get up at 4 and actually be somewhere at 5 o'clock? But I said, it's just two days a week. I said, I, um, you know, I have no excuses because I'm not running to a job or anything, so I, I'm coming back home. I can do this. So I agreed to do the two days a week. And then um, shortly after that, the first week in June, um, I started with a fitness challenge. And with it's a six-week program, and what they require is that you work out five days a week. And they have set classes, so the only way I could get it in was to, to do 5 a.m., with that group as well. So I was like, I quickly went from two days a week to five days a week that I was getting up to work out at 5 a.m. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because I wanted to still run with my running group, 
I was working, I was running Tuesdays, and then I would come home and I would get my children ready for school, take them to school, and then I would go to the gym at 9 a.m. to work out for the fitness challenge. So, um, so that was that was how I spent my summer of 2016. I, I from June until September, I was working out five or six days a week, and a couple of days I was working out, you know, twice a day. And completely changed my my eating habits. That was part of the requirement for the the fitness challenge. So they give you a meal plan to follow. It's a very strict meal plan, um, but you had to weigh in every week and and work out five days a week, follow the meal plan. But I did it, and it was great because they had such a wonderful group and accountability available. And um, as long as you were committed, you had people supporting you and holding you accountable. So I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love, I've always loved being fit and active, and I played basketball growing up and running track and all that. So mm. being active was not foreign to me. I just got away from it as I started adulting, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that that's how I spent my summer. So over the course of well, once the six weeks was up, I loved it. I lost 23 pounds, and I said I have more weight to lose. And I, I want to keep going. So I joined the next six-week challenge right after that and was able to lose another 20 pounds. So over the course of 13 weeks, I lost 43 pounds. And it, I wow. felt absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. But I also knew that I couldn't stop there because even though, you know, I had a couple more pounds I wanted to lose, but I said I can't go back to my old way of life. So um, even though I, I left the gym where I was doing the, the challenge, I'm still running with my uh, fitness group two or three days a week. I mean, with my running group two or three days a week, even through the winter. Fortunately, it's been a mild winter, uh, but we're outside running. We're doing a minimum of three miles every Tuesday, Thursday, and some Saturdays. Um, so I'm still running with them. And then I work out at um, the gym on my own or with some other ladies that I've um you know, started reaching out to me and saying, hey, I, I need some workout accountability. Mm-hmm. So I've actually included that. That's also a new um, portion of Living the Vows that I that I added on this year um, called the Fit and Sexy Wives Expedition because there's so many other wives and mothers who are in the exact mm-hmm. space where I was up, up until last year, just really in that place where I want to feel confident, I want to feel sexy, I want to get back to the old me. And just not sure how to do it or just looking for that accountability to make that happen. So with the Fit and Sexy Wives Expedition, we um, we have workouts five days a week. There's a, um, a weekly Fit Life call where we really focus in on the marriage and getting your marriage healthy um, as well as getting your body healthy. We do um, We have weekly meal plans and just that accountability and support to check in and to say, hey, how are you doing? You know, are you challenged with some cravings? You know, whatever it is, being able to offer that support throughout the week. So that has been absolutely phenomenal, and I love the ladies that have been um, connected with us. And, and it's just it's, it's so important, and it's one of the things that I really recognize is so powerful because there's so many women who feel lost and feel uncomfortable with themselves and are not their best selves simply because of that extra 15, 20 pounds that they've been wanting to lose and just never committed to losing. And it's, it's amazing how something that, that minimal can completely change your outlook on life, your outlook on yourself, and, and just, of course, your overall health. Absolutely. It's you know, it's it affects women in in so many fields too. I know in in my own field in um working with opera singers, um, because our voice is our instrument, um, body image is such a big deal. It is mm-hmm. it so affects it so affects confidence, uh, especially with women because, you know, we are so judged by, by how we look. And oh, so yeah. um and I think it's just amazing how you have not only you have transformed yourself so much in your own life in the in the past few years and especially in the past year or so or the past couple of years but especially the past year in in you know since you've you've gone full time with living the vows and what you've done with your own body and your own just your own mindset and just and we haven't even gotten into time management because you're you're so you 
that was always, I know that was one of, you used to talk about how that was one of your challenges, and it seems like you are incredible when it comes to time management. Um, and I would have loved to have touched on that today, but we're just about out of time. I cannot believe this. So um, since we're about at the end of the show, I just want to thank my incredible guest, Kristen Young, for being on the show today. I'm Jan Jaffe, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. In addition to my solo interview show, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion. I would be delighted if you would join us for the next episode of Think Tank on February 22nd at 12 noon Eastern. Kristen, would you care to share any closing thoughts, advice, comments, or website information or anything else with our listening audience? Absolutely. Well, I definitely want to invite all of the wives out there. Um, we are hosting our annual Word to the Wives experience. This is our third annual Word to the Wives experience that's happening on Saturday, March 18th in Catonsville, Maryland. So if you are in Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, you know, you're close enough to come and join us. It's a full-day experience for wives only. And the theme for this year is Say I Do to You. And that's exactly what I was just sharing with you about my 2016 and how I had to get in this where it was just the year for me. I really had to take a moment to be selfish and really focus on what I desired for myself. And as women, we get so caught up in making sure the children are taken care of, making sure our husbands are taken care of, making sure our children's schools are taken care of, and, and you know, all these things, putting in extra time at the job that we, we take ourselves for granted and we put ourselves on the back burner all the time. But what we often miss is that when we are our healthiest selves and we are our best selves and we are our most confident selves, that changes how we parent. It changes how we do marriage. It changes how we do life. So sometimes the challenges that we're having in our marriage can be shifted simply by us taking care of ourselves. But we miss that all too much. So words to the wives experience, we have some powerful speakers coming. Um, it'll be me and, and Tanya Barnett, who is the real wife coach. And um, just some, we have some games that we're playing. We have um, a full lunch that is provided for you and just so many insights and powerful workshops and, and activities for women to really zone in and get clear on who they are and what it is that they desire for their next steps in life. So definitely go to www.livingthevows.com and make sure you, you uh, click on there to get the registration information. It's right there on the website. And, of course, you can follow us on social media. So everything is Living the Vows. So please like us on Facebook. Um, it's Living the Vows. Follow us on Twitter at Living the Vows. We're on Instagram at Living the Vows. And if you want to email me directly, um, you can contact us at yes, Y-E-S, at livingthevows.com. Oh, wonderful. And you know what I love that what, what you've described is, you know, the balance. You talked in originally about marriage being about sacrifice, but there's this balance about us also making sure that we're the best version of ourselves as well. And, you know, there's that, that recipe. Any recipe has to have balance. If you put too much of one ingredient, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a very good recipe. And um, I love the way you, you talk about this, this wonderful balance and all of these great tools and how to be prepared and to do, you know, to create this wonderful, this wonderful marriage, this wonderful recipe. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you for being on the show today. It has been such an honor and a treat having you with us today. Um, I, I want to remind everyone that you can find contact and bio information uh, for, in, for everything, for, for both of us um, and in today's show description. And I'm just going to take a moment to announce a few of our upcoming shows. On this, the Life Coach Radio Network, on February 22nd at 12 noon, Think Tank. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, on February 20th at 8 p.m., What's Your Money Story?, on March 20th at 8 p.m., Gina Sanisardo and Wendy Hutton talk about getting clients. 
And um, when is your next show on, Kristen? Because Kristen also has a radio show. When is your next show on? Actually, I don't have any um, any upcoming shows right now. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're too busy. Okay. <laughs> All righty. So thanks again to my really wonderful guest, Kristen Young, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. I'm Jan Jaffe. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>